All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Guys, how's it going? How's it going, Clayton? <laughs> good, good. All right. Should we just jump in? Let's talk about this book. Yes. Um, So this week we read Act Like It by Lucy Parker. It is number one in the London Celebrities series, um, released in 2015. Let's judge a cover. I love the cover, but then after reading it, I'm like, this isn't. This isn't them. This isn't them. That's definitely not Richard. That is not Richard. And And that's not Lainey. No. That's neither of them. Yeah. So, uh. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you can see Big Ben in the background, so it is definitely London. But I think it does suffer from being a cover that is, it's it's, it's not a unique cover. It it feels to me, because I think, this, this is Lucy's first book, right? Yeah. This seems like we're slapping a cover on this and you don't really have a choice. Right. Right. I mean, that's what it feels like to me. I mean, Lucy has curly. I mean, sorry, not Lucy. Uh, Lainey has curly hair and she has. Cur- but it's just not what I pictured. But also, isn't Lainey supposed to be more bosomy than this woman? Yeah. She's supposed to be top heavy like her sister-in-law. Is yeah. Who did you picture actors for each of them? Not. I mean, at first I wanted and I know he's older than Richard is supposed to be, but I wanted him to be Hugh Grant. You want everyone to be Hugh Grant. I right? want everybody to be Hugh Grant. <laughs> I'd like you to be Hugh Grant, and I love you. But, yeah. like, and you'd want me to be Hugh Grant. Oh, yeah, It'd I'd want to be Hugh Grant. <laughs> just be two Hugh Grants talking to each other. That would be a podcast. Can you imagine just being that, like, oozing of charm? Yeah. Uh, to just live as Hugh Grant for a day would be so interesting. So, uh, like, instead of being John Malkovich, there should be a movie being Hugh Grant. Yeah. Hugh, call us. Yeah. Um, I just we'll rip off that movie <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah, I just watched a uh, rewatched Bridget Jones's diary. Uh huh. What a charmer he is. Yes. Uh, and he's supposed to be a cad in it, though. He is such a cad. Daniel Cleaver is so sexy. Uh, how, how she ever chose Colin Firth is still shocking to me. I have not seen that movie in years. I went and saw that movie in the theaters with a. Person I just remembered I dated. Did you ever? Do you ever do that where you're just like, oh, oh, that person? I once said that to somebody that I dated for months. Like he started dating someone new, and she was always like really awkward around me. So I was talking, and I was like, I don't get why she's so weird about me. It's not like we fucked. And he's like, No, Aaron, we had sex for like six months. <laughs> and I was like, Ah, damn uh, it, we did. Wow. So he was depressed after that. <laughs> I just like it had been like a year later or so. Yeah. And it just was a like a year later. See, this is it like, wasn't even that long. That's that's <laughs> kind of bad because this is when Bridget Jones came out, which is nineties. Or which early was two thousand and one. Two thousand and one, okay, yeah. Uh there was other things going on in two thousand one that I <laughs> There's yeah. a lot energetically happening in the culture. Exactly. So I'm it's not surprising that I don't remember this girl. Yeah. But now I remember her completely. Um <laughs> That's so funny. It was a year. <laughs> it was, and then it, you didn't have sex for six months. So it was what? It was only No, it was like a year from when we had stopped having sex. Okay. Okay. okay yeah. So yeah. it was a full year. I co- Still bad. <laughs> <laughs> but he must not, I mean, I not to use the like corny joke. He'll he never must listen not have been to this memorable. and it was not memorable. Okay. Okay. No, not at all. How, not to be crude, but like how, how is that act not memorable? It just seems like. A memorable act, no matter what. You remember, you remember everyone you had I guess with. not at this age, but like a year after, I think I would. It was also like a momentary slip. Like, I think we were just talking. Oh, okay. It wasn't that I completely. The sex was a momentary slip? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think in, in that conversation for those few minutes, I forgot. You I forgot. don't think yes. I forgot, like, in general walking around, but mm-hmm. I think it just, like, wasn't in the forefront of my mind. Absolutely. And at that stage, we had moved so completely into being, like, friends and coworkers that it just, like, didn't occur to me. But also, so you were in your 20s, right? Yeah. At 20s, those years seem much longer each year. So I kind of get that more. Yeah. Uh, I was probably like 23 or 24. Oh, yeah. Those years are so long. You pack yeah. so much into them. And but- we were also like 
like sleeping together in that like he worked at the bar next door to the bar I worked at and so like we would all go out and like we would sleep together sometime okay you know what I mean it wasn't that we were like you were very promiscuous is what you're saying yeah Yeah. I had a lot of fun okay and we uh so it wasn't also not like we were dating in any sort of like yes he didn't meet my he was never gonna meet my parents that's way different I was never gonna meet his if he was one of multiple partners then that's different yeah but I just forgot (laughs) <laughs> you know what step up your game and yeah. maybe i'll remember and step up your game did you say that to him afterwards or no, did you I just, think I just walked away yeah oh you just <laughs> walked away you dropped that bomb on him and just walked away he was just like no we did for a while i'm like, sure oh. there's got to be girls out there that forgot they slept with me there's got to be yeah. just because i'm sure that they have better things to do than remember sex with me I don't think that says anything about my prowess. I think it's just it's been so long for some people. Yeah. There's got to be girls in college that are like, all of a sudden they'll think, oh, oh, that guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Eventually I remember that I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once I got a little reminder. Yes. Of him saying it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the reminder you needed. <laughs> was just saying it straight to my face. So anyway, this cover. <laughs> anyway how the hell do we even get there uh richard jones's diary i've been oh, watching a lot of rom-coms lately for a project i'm working on Ooh. and they are great guys they're guys. so rom-coms great. are so good i rewatched my best friend's wedding which is not a rom-com which is what i realized but excellent why not they don't end up together at the end but rom-coms don't always end happily i know but also like but they do a lot of the times he never returns her affection okay you know what i mean it's not about two people falling in love it's about like one insane person trying to break up a wedding and getting over that yeah and even when like the wedding is like maybe off for a little bit he's not like okay now i'll be with you he's just like really bummed about it you're right rupert everett though talk about a englishman that was his big that was his his big star turn He's so goddamn charismatic in it. He's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised. Watch it just, if nothing else, watch it for him. He made that movie. Yeah. Although Julia Roberts is, you know. Effervescent. There's a reason why she is who she is. America's sweetheart. Yeah. The hair, the smile, the body. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. The thing that is terrifying about that movie, though, is they have agreed if they are still single at 28, they I would know. marry each other, which I is just know. a shockingly young age. I was like, what i forgot that part i was like jesus christ i thought they were like 35 oh absolutely well but i think those when you make those packs they're usually for at the very least 35 or 40 it's crazy that it would 28 is also just an such an it's not 30 yeah it's 28 and she was about to be 28 i don't know it's so crazy anyway so this book well, this it 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 does tie in because these are actors. Yeah, we're so, talking about actors. They're not movie actors; they're stage actors. But listen, I guess in and London, one of them ends up on TV. People really give a shit about stage actors in London. Yes, that's true, and they should. I listen. Stage acting is great. It but, is. Yeah, I'm very impressed by it. I mean, you've gone to you've gone to London and seen stage productions. It's basically when Pat and I went to London, we saw a different show every night, and we're going next month, and we're seeing like we're going to be there for ten days, and we're seeing five plays. That's great. I I mean, yeah, it's my favorite thing to do. And then I'm like, oh, I live in New York City, like I could also see this many plays. I, I know I've I've seen a decent amount of Broadway. Like in the last couple years, I did because I had a job where I worked at a wig making place and sometimes they would get preview viewings of shows and all these things or free tickets and that was fun that's the way to go is for free is for free and not having to wait in line for tickets uh that's awesome but i would i'm not gonna like go out of my way to stand at the ticket booth or do rush tickets it's for me it's not as interesting it's not worth the the time or the effort but i Uh, but i do love when I get to see stuff, it's cool. I do. I'm lucky because I have a friend who's an like a scout for actors. Mm-hmm. So she gets sent tickets all the time for free. So every once in a while, I got a text and she's like, do you want to go see this tonight? And I'm like, yes, I do. Yep. Um, or if you do the app Today's Ticks, you can get really discount tickets for like that night. And there's no waiting in line. It's still too much effort. All right, Clayton. I mean, for me. 
I enter the Hamilton lottery every day. I won once. Have I told this story already? I don't think so. I won once. I was in a soul cycle. And by the time I left class, it had like expired the amount of time you had to like log in and get tickets. And I was so mad. I went up to the front desk at Soul Cycle to like complain. But like about they, what? I don't know. They have no <laughs> they like it wasn't their fault. They can't do anything. But I was like, I just want someone to know. I just need someone else to know. Oh, I would have hated you so much. <laughs> no, I like walked up to them and the guy was like, hi, and I was like, hi. Hi, and then I left. Oh, I didn't even didn't say even anything. Complain. Okay, but that was like my instinct because I guess I'm just like a white woman. So I was like, "Who can I? Who can I? Compl- compl- whose fault to? is this other than mine? <laughs> just my fault." Uh, anyway, I was picturing um, Richard Armitage. Do you know him? Oh uh, yes, and the girl who plays Sansa in Game of Thrones, Sophie Turner. Okay, she's big. She all I know about her, she vapes a lot. I didn't know that about her. Yeah, she's a big vapor. And she played uh, Jean Grey in the the X-Men movies. The young Jean Grey. Great. Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't really picture any actors while I was reading this. Mm. Um, Okay, so. Clayton, what's this book about? Okay, so this (laughs) book is about, we've got Richard Troy, who is Oh, how old was he supposed to be? I don't think they ever really, like, 30s, though. But I don't think they really explicitly Because they kind of say he's old, but, you know, he's not that old. He's in his 30s. I mean, he's yeah. older than Will, who was the other guy in the play that Lainey had dated and broke up with. Yeah, or, I Or he broke her, up with her, or whatever you, that mess of a relationship. Yeah. I pictured them to be in their, like, mid-20s, and then him to be in his, like, early to mid-30s. Okay, because she said, Lainey said that she's not yet 30. Okay. So she's probably mid to late 20s, like you're saying. I would think Richard is probably mid to late 30s. Will is, you know, the same as Lainey. But this book is about a play that's going on. Richard and Lainey are in this play together. Richard is known to be a curmudgeonly at best and bratty jerk at worst in the tabloids, in the rags. And supposedly there was something about him throwing plates at somebody at a restaurant, which it turns out to be not the case. It was the other way around. Someone was throwing stuff at him. But his he looks bad uh, in the press, and they want to try and fix his his image so they the the people behind the play are like we need to start selling tickets the tickets are not going as well as we want them to so laney can you pretend to date richard and people will be excited about that and want to come see this play and then they fall in love that's that's like in broad strokes what this is about now one of the things that bothered me is that the play wasn't in danger of going under it just wasn't selling out. Right. Like the danger well, they were like, wasn't – They it said, oh, no, we're doing fine, but we're just not doing spectacular. Right. They're like, well, we are sold out for the next three months, but then after that, it's like, yeah. okay, well, that's pretty good. And then yeah. who knows what will happen because I guess there was another show across town where two actors started dating and then a lot of people started going to the show for that reason. I – I didn't know this was her first book okay. until after I read it. And like now knowing this was her first book, I think it's great. Like she did a really good job. But there were things at the beginning that made it really hard to get for me to get on board. The big one, and I this is like a style thing, and so this could just be me. But there were too many people introduced in the first 20 pages. It was just like name soup, and I was so confused. I'm like, wait, who is who are the main characters? Who am I supposed to be paying attention to? Who are all these people? It was like this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. It's like, I just feel like it's like basic, right? Like you just have to introduce one person and then slowly bring in everybody else. Like you can have a big ensemble and stuff, but it needs to be introduced in a better way. So it took me to like 20 to 30% of the book to really get like, Okay, so this person is important, is going to keep showing up, but those people are not important. They're not going to show up again. And it felt like there were a lot of characters that were 
doing the same job, but there was three characters. The same job within the story, not necessarily the same job, like whatever the profession yeah, was. Yeah, th- there was a lot of people making sure that <clears throat> Richard and Lainey were acting as a couple. Right. Well, and we there just only needed to be one, one person. Mm-hmm. One person. And give that person a personality. Right. And then that's easier to follow to be like, okay, so when Pat shows up, I know that's somebody. And oh, I don't know. Also, don't give unisex names because that's confusing too. Um, gender is a social construct, but still, help me out. So, yeah. So there was a, just a lot of that. So it took me a while to get on board. And it, honestly, it wasn't until she gets sick like halfway through and it wasn't until that that I was like okay I get it I'm on board with this book but before that I was just very like it's hard when you start that confused because then you just never really settle in because you lose a little faith in the author because you're like well is she going to be able to land this plane she did ultimately I really liked it I thought there was a lot of like really great touches of really great scenes but that first bit was so fucking confusing. Yeah, I am glad you said that because I started reading this. And this is, to me, I thought this is going to be a light, frothy, fun, easy read. And I have been feeling a little under the weather recently just because the change in weather. It's been oh. like yesterday it went from 63 degrees to 39 degrees all in the same day. Yeah. So that always kind of plays havoc with my body. So when I started reading this book, I am like, am I getting sick? I can't concentrate on this. Mm -hmm. And it was because of that. It's because they were throwing too many people at you that I did kind of lose interest in this book because I wanted more of just the core people because I don't think they were fleshed out enough to be unique right like Lainey to me was a template for a person she was very basic uh has a cat like complains about the fact that uh she restaurants only have vegetables and she wants to eat real food and doesn't like to run and uh loves cappuccinos and stuff it just felt like okay here's Here's like a real basic person and they never add and she never adds anything to really color her. Um, And it was the same thing with Will and Richard. Like I Richard was just a curmudgeon and he had a rich dad who killed himself. And I think the thing with this book is that they mistake things that happen to these people as personality traits and Mm. they're not. It's things that happen, but they didn't have enough personality to make me care that these things happen. Like Lainey's sister died of cancer, her little sister. Heartbreaking, right? But that's not a personality trait for Lainey. That's right. a piece of background information that's tragic and sad, but it, it only kind of infuses the fact that she likes to do charity. And, and, and Which is fine, but there's no part of her personality that is affected by... Yeah. Her sister dying. Right. So it's not like, well, so then she's like a little bit obsessive about like scared she's going to get cancer from everything. So she's like overly cautious or she doesn't really want to form attachments because it was so hard when her sister died or she doesn't really talk to her family anymore. She talks to her family too much. She's too involved. Like there was no of her sister dying other than she was somebody who had a dead sister. That was like her that explained anything about her. It's like, she was like a sunny, pretty nice person. She was kind of like anyone you would meet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, also, I don't know if it's a competence. Part. Like, I don't know if she's an actress. I almost want her to be like a better actress than she was. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get a sense of how good she is. You also don't get a sense of like how she feels about the acting necessarily. I, you don't really understand why she's decided to be an actor. I don't know. It's like all those things that it's like, yeah, I wanted to dig into her more. And instead there was just so many like things happening in places they were going that I, we never drilled down on like who each of them were other than like people with dead family members. Yeah. But they also were like pretty quick to talk about it. Yeah, it was. And obviously people deal with, loss and pain and trauma differently right but the the death of her sister is introduced to us and also to richard and then that's when they have their first makeout 
which I can see. There's a lot of people who I feel sad. I feel pain. I want love. I'm going to do something physical. And that's, that's perfectly okay to me. But in the, uh, this book, weirdly, that seemed off to me that that would be the moment where they get hot and heavy right after the introduction of the dead sister. I think that's also what, like he was already liking her and she was already liking him. And I think that was the first time they were like alone in her apartment. Yeah. And so I think it was like as much that as like the sister thing, but yeah. uh, yeah. But you know what I mean? I would say introduce that earlier and then something else and then them make out. I, that was just that's just my thought. Yeah. But uh, that would be not the moment for me to make a move if somebody if I went to somebody's apartment and then they showed me pictures of their dead sister. I think that to me, I would it wouldn't. Necessarily... How long has it been, though, for you? So maybe that's true. Right. I can't say I can't say <laughs> no, I, I don't know what kidding. picture they'd have to show me for me not to be like, are we doing this or not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not like that. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there was, and that, I think that was my main problem with this book is that the characters were not well drawn. They, they, there weren't layers of an onion. They were very one dimensional, if yeah. that. And you're right. She's not, Richard is obviously a great actor or at least a charismatic actor, but she's, is she good? Is she any, like, I know she... She's good enough to be cast in, like, what seems like a major production. So but, she's good. But we don't, we don't ever, we never see her excel. Right. And you would think that there'd be a level of attraction to skill from him to her, like, showing her skill and how, you know, he's a better actor than Will, and then she's a better actor than, than both, of them. both of them. That's cool. Because then he could be, he could think, Richard could be like, oh, I'm really attracted to somebody who is at a higher caliber, or at least at my caliber. And Will was just a character that, like, why was he still hanging out? She gets sick and he shows up and, and he's still, like, hanging around. He just was a really boring, irritating character. It's Yeah, and it's also, like, he was never fleshed out to be like, I was like, well, does he want her back? Does he... I mean, I guess I think it was all so. jealousy. I think it was all just jealousy. He yeah. just didn't want Richard to have her. Right. But the love triangle did nothing for me. No. I mean, for a first book, I think this is a good first book. Oh, absolutely. And I, the thing about contemporaries is that they're very hard. Right. They're just very hard because I, and I think not to speak for you, but just from all the books that we read in our conversations, I think we're more historical people. I think mm -hmm. give us a historical and even if it's really bad, it's at least got those things that we really love and respond to. I just think a contemporary has to be really awesome for me to love it. Yeah. It's difficult because it is the thing of like, well, why aren't they just together? And for this, there was no reason why once they started really liking each other, which a lot of like the Goodreads lists have categorized this as a slow burn. And I was like, I don't think it was. A it slow wasn't burn especially at all. slow. Like, I think this was like, yeah, pretty on like brand. But once they started dating, it was just sort of like, but now they're dating. And there was never anything, you know, she revealed a secret. To Will, and Will went to the tabloids. Stupidly. Yeah. And that was pretty dumb. Then Richard was, like, kind of mad. But, but not, not mad enough. mad. Yeah. And so he was just sort of like, they were still like, oh, I'm dealing with it. It's not like they stopped speaking. And then the theater collapses. That was nuts. I, because I felt, I was reading this, I was like, well, what is even going to happen in this book? Because nothing, and then, was there ever talk of the theater like it was an old theater, but no, there she was... talked about it being an old theater a lot. Yeah. But like, but never to the point where you would think like, Structural Oh, this damage. is actually gonna collapse. I don't know, but she set up that they were doing work on it and stuff. Yeah. I didn't think it was that crazy. And what I did really love that I thought was really well done was when after the collapse and Lainey's outside and you're in her head while, and she's like, oh, my God, the theater's collapsed. Is he dead? But then she's also thinking, like, really normal things mm -hmm. where she is like, oh, 
I wonder where that woman, this isn't it. I don't remember exactly what it's like. Oh, I wonder where that woman got her manicure done. Oh, I should all like the kind of stuff that you actually would do when your mind is racing. When you're in an emergency, like the things that you focus on are crazy Mm -hmm. and don't matter. But like, for some reason, your mind goes to such bizarre places of like, Oh no, this is the most important thing. And people are like, okay, well your arm is hanging off your shoulder. Like I don't, Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that you lost your keys. Like, there's bigger things. And you're like, no, it's my keys. I got to find my keys. Yeah, that's one of the crazy things about when, especially now as a culture, when there's so many available video and pictures of things that happen that it's easy to put your mind into somebody else's mind and think that they're acting wrong in a situation right like when somebody is murdered and their family member is getting interviewed on tv and they seem either distracted or they're smiling or they're uncomfortable people think oh they killed them it's like no their brain can't comprehend what is happening and everybody's brain fires differently so they could just be thinking about something funny you know in this weird crazy daydream or nightmare of of what has just happened yeah and i think when you have stuff like that happen that shows somebody who thinks more deeply about how people actually act and think and i wish there was more of that in this book i i bet her books only get better and better and better and that yeah i bet she's like a now like a very strong writer yes because there is a lot of like she's obviously very talented and i think this is just sort of it falls into some traps that I bet happen for like an early first time writer, you know, but, oh yeah, I remember I was at like a funeral for like a close family member and I like couldn't stop laughing. Oh yeah. And like nothing was funny and I loved this person. I was very sad. I was at their funeral, but I was just like at that stage too, it's like you've been crying for so long that you're just like, I don't know what emotion to process anymore. But also their last wish, wish was to be buried just as a clown. So that I think also probably had something to do yeah, with it. Yeah, just this is the, ramrod straight out of his yeah, coffin. Yeah, is this the this is the person I'm thinking of. Right? <laughs> uh, no, but I know what you mean. It is. It's 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 a you don't know how you're gonna react. Mm-hmm. Um But I thought that was because I've been in emergency situations before. And and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Or I've been like very sick, needing to go to the hospital, and like really fighting it, and being like, "No, be, I can't go to the hospital because of this very small." Oh, I have a, I'm seeing my friend for coffee tomorrow morning, and people are like, "Okay, well, they're you're, gonna be mad at me." Yeah, they're gonna be so mad, and <laughs> your friend won't be mad because you'll be in the hospital, and your friend will understand. And I'm like, "No, but I haven't seen her in a long time. I gotta go." Yeah, <laughs> and I think- it's just like. Stu- like we're crazy it's ridiculous who cares well the big thing about that is that richard goes back in to save will yeah remember at the end of there when it collapses which is good shows richard's a nice guy yeah well yeah it's 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 good it shows that he's a nice guy but like when will's expendable um and everybody was kind of an asshole everybody was fine like yeah I mean, I mean, any like the interviewer on the show was an asshole. She had too many sister-in-laws because there was one she was really good friends with and one she didn't like. And then just another one. mm -hmm. And it was like, no, just have her have one older brother and one sister-in-law. Yeah, I think that's the main thing with this is that there were so many names that I started just skipping people that weren't Lainey and Richard or Will. Right. Like those were the things I was because those were the actual uh meat of this book and it didn't need to you should have spent more time unveiling parts of these characters and not adding anything else yeah that's my thought yeah i think we're like at a three stars for this book maybe you know out of five yeah okay right i mean who does 10 stars i know who's five stars three stars it's, I mean, 10 stars is so many stars. It's too many like, stars. Like, what's the difference between seven and six stars? Yeah. It's very, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were a 10-star person. No. Five <laughs> stars. Five stars is the most stars you could do. Well, remember, only one. it only took one star for the wise men to find Jesus. Oh, yeah. So even one star is amazing. Think about that. So do you have anything else to say about this book? It's pretty, it's, I mean, it's pretty light and fluffy, fast read. 
Oh, yeah. If you're just looking for, if you have this book or if you're just looking for something fun to read, yeah, go for it. It's great. Um, All right. Well, we still have to answer the big question. Oh, yeah. Would you fuck them? I guess so. I yeah. wouldn't turn them down, but like, it, it, that's the thing that's hard. I feel like there was a lot of surface stuff with them. I don't feel like I ever got down to be like, oh, I would really connect to this or that. And I I don't feel like they were ever also like really described physically. Like you never saw them like really lusting after each other other than like him being like, she has big tits. Mm-hmm. And her being like, he has abs and nipples. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like, yeah, I, I, I like sure, sure. I'm not clamoring to hump either of these no. guys, but I, yeah, I probably would. You're right. Like you said, it's been so you long. Love- <laughs> <laughs> you love actors too. They'd be speaking with British accents. That's big. So you would be like, sure. Yeah. Like I forgot Lainey would have a British accent. So a hundred percent Lainey and him too, of yeah. course. Why not? Yeah. All right, Have we... a spot of tea afterwards. <laughs> he was drinking coffee. Huh? He was drinking coffee. Uh, he was. It's true. All right. We're going to do Goodreads list? Oh, yes. Let's do it. All right. Slow romance. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't find it. To, I mean. No. No. At 50% is when they have sex. Or and they, that's like, really pretty make normal. Out. That's standard. Best pretend boyfriend, girlfriend, romance plot. Yeah, I wouldn't say best. But it's on there. It's I can see it on the list. Actress, heroines, and romance. True. She's an actress. You know also is an actress? Millie from The Hunter. I don't know how good that book was. Oh, yes. Oh, that book was nuts. Uh, Kerrigan Byrne, she has another one coming out. I pre-ordered the book, and then I pre-ordered the Kindle, too. So oh, that's great. I've been reading it every way Which, possible. Whatever comes first. I'm so excited. You're diving in. Uh, best fake relationship turned real. Yeah, I mean, the, best is hard. Yeah, I mean, yes, it is on that. It is that happens. And also, I think if somebody came to me and they're like, I really loved that book, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like, that's fine. It wasn't for it didn't connect with me. But if it connect, like, I yes. get that it would connect with somebody. Yeah, like, this is not a book I don't get. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, best enemies to lovers. Enemies to lovers. Yes. Contemporary romance set in England. Yes. Best debut romance writers of 2015. I don't know what the other crop was, but I would say yes. Yeah. She is a good writer. Oh, yeah. She's talented. I'm a celebrity. Love me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We love celebrities. Mm Mm-hmm. Grouchy men and hilarious ladies. I mean, grouchy men, but. He's grouchy. I don't think she's hilarious. But she wasn't as cloying as a lot of contemporary. um, Funny heroines. Funny heroines are. Or even heroes. Yeah. Both, you know. Yeah. I just, like, I never clocked her trying to be funny. That's the thing. She didn't, she wasn't going out of her way to be quippy. Right. Uh, best rom-com books. Mm, not for me, but I could see it being on the list. Best ever contemporary romance books. Mm, this can't be best ever. No. One of a kind romance leads that are unique and carefully created. Gotta say no. Yeah, I don't think so. Best opposites attract contemporary romance. Like, they're not that complete opposite. Yeah, she's just kind of, he's a bit of a prickly jerk, and she's a bit of nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not opposites. No, and then, yeah, no. Quirky heroines and romance novels. Mm, No. Cats, wonderful pets and romance. Cat Richard was great. Uh, There's a cat. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a. Clay is never going to say anyone is the best cat, other than the the dog in um, Love in the Afternoon. Albert, I could, I could, I was imagining the sketch <laughs> and know. trying to remember what the name was under the sketch because that sketch is burned in my brain. <laughs> Are you going to get a tattoo of that sketch? That's the tattoo I get. If you were going to get a tattoo, it'd be Albert. Yes, it'd be Albert. What? And then a his perfect his year, the years of his life, which would Aww. be like. I don't know, 1880 like 1880 to something to question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, that would be the best like 
clay pass tattoo you could get because it would be so deep in. Yes. Like only like other fans would know immediately. Yeah. And then other people would just be like, was that your dog? And be like, oh, no, it's from a book. No. The (laughs) fact that you don't know that that's not my dog is offensive to me. I want now I want you to get that tattoo so bad. I'll get it on my face. Don't not your face. If we get enough people. Don't say your face, though. (laughs) Do it on like your shoulder or something. I will only get a tattoo on my face. <laughs> well, real little. No, big. Over <laughs> my face. It's going to be completely on top of all my features. <laughs> it would be Albert? Yeah, it'd be Albert. Mm, I don't like that part. <laughs> um, best British chiclet? Chiclet? Is that a term people use anymore? Is that a term so. that people like? I don't think anybody ever liked to be called chiclet. No, it was always pejorative right yeah because just the fact that it's for women for women and it was so it's such a cutesy you know yeah cutesy name chick flick chick flick yeah all that stuff books with witty banter dialogue Mm. um not it did not chafe me but i I wouldn't say it was uh, like over the top witty but that's actually good because it wasn't the attempt wasn't to make these two the funniest people in the world which i think a lot of contemporary writers try to do which is yeah and they usually fail because it's very hard to make somebody funny it's hard even if you are a funny person in life yes to write funny that's hard because most people are funny not because what they say but how they are and how they act most real life humor comes from character it doesn't come from quips right we're not all dorothy parker we gotta exactly you gotta be usually it's a professional who is uh, who's good at quipping and even that can become tiresome over a long period of time that's why when you go to a stand-up show if it's anything longer than an hour Mm -mm. and if there's anything more than two to three comics it is torturous so you never go to a stand-up show in L.A. because they'll put seven, eight, nine. They don't give a shit. That is sick. It is torture. It is. It's torture. Um, you Listen, we can't all be clay pass, and we need to recognize it. Yeah. But people, yeah, it's not. You can't, you can't expect to just be able to. And I think I've said it in another episode unless I might have edited it out. I don't know. It's like not everybody should be expected to be funny the same way not everybody should be expected to be able to sing. Right. It's the same sort of innate talent mm-hmm. and you can get better at it, but you're never going to be great at it if you aren't, don't have those key things already. Right. And I think sometimes too, authors just think that like referencing things in pop culture makes it funny. Oh, absolutely. And that's not, that's never funny. That's, that's not, not funny. funny. No. Saying somebody is like Yoda, like that's not a, a Star Wars. Yeah. Any Star Wars reference is not funny. <laughs> It's just, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I like it. Um, two people have never written a book. Have we given enough advice on how to write a book? We've read enough books, though. I think the thing is, it's not necessarily advice. I think, to me, it's just my thought. Because I give, I, I give these books so much thought. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just push something aside and say, oh, it's bad. Right. I'm really trying to dig deep into why certain books really spark for me and certain ones don't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's those specific things that really, for me personally as a reader, and I'm not everybody, and I understand that there are fans of romance and also fans of our show that have completely different thoughts on what they enjoy and the kind of humor they like, and those are all completely valid. Right, exactly. I, I think it's it's easy. Uh, we're we're never going to be like if you don't think like us, then we don't want you to listen. It's like that's that I want to know. Like I want to hear why people would love this book so much. I'm so interested in other people's point of views when it comes to romance. Right. Being an outsider, which even after reading sixty some books at this point, I still do feel like these books aren't really aimed for me. So I still am an outsider. Right. But I just want to learn and understand. That's nice. I try. <laughs> I try. We have a few more. Oh, wow. <laughs> Romance where both MCs are famous. 
Uh, yes. Starchy hero gets unstarched. Yeah, he's a bit of a starch guy, uh, starchy guy. Celebrity rock star romance. N- they're not rock stars, but no, I but get it's celebrity or like rock celebrity. star. Oh, celebrity or rock star. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Clayton, what are your tropes? Well, I mean, a lot of these, it was uh, all get covered in the Goodreads because it's actor, hero, actor, heroine, fake romance, fake romance becomes real, uh, stage, English stage romance, I guess traumatic pasts because there, there is the sister for Lainey and there is the father for Richard, which we didn't really get into, but it was so... Shrugworthy. I mean, I don't really care that his rich dad killed himself and stole a bunch of money or whatever it was. Like it didn't. Really it was just to so me. strange because if you're going to set a book in the theater world in the West End, I think that's really rich. Then you're going to pull us out of that and have us do a lot of political thinking for like different committees and stuff. And I'm like, I don't care. That's not what you promised me. You promised me the West End, and now I'm this is nothing to do with the West End. You know what I mean? It's just like, stay where you told me that we'd be. Yes. Um, and workplace romance. This is a workplace romance. It is. I, I, it's hard to, like, I hardly ever think of acting and sets as a workplace because it doesn't seem like a real workplace. And I think that's where a lot of people get in trouble. Mm. Right? Because it doesn't feel like an office job or a retail job. So that's where, like, those lines get blurred. Yeah. But it is a workplace. Mm-hmm. Those are my tropes. Those are great. Aaron, what are your tropes? Uh, actors in love, uh, books set backstage, fake relationship, heroine is sick and hero takes care of her. I feel like that happens quite a bit. Um, pets and romance, starchy hero, bad boy hero, rich hero, poor heroine, set in modern London, and tablets slash ipads everyone had one and everyone loved it a lot of ipads it was i started thinking should i get an ipad i had you have an ipad well pat and i had an ipad and then there was an unfortunate incident and we don't have one anymore is everything okay did you did something did he throw it at you (laughs) no i just have a thing where i stack too many things on my side tables on my nightstands and so i like maybe (laughs) Maybe. Okay, you you broke it. Just say you broke it. I maybe put a cup of coffee on a book that wasn't really stable, and then it slid off the book, and then it slid onto the iPad, and then everything crashed on the floor. So this is like a Rube Goldberg situation. (laughs) I could never have seen it coming. (laughs) And the marble came down, and it went in the bucket. Uh, So you broke the iPad. Yeah, now I'm not allowed to have coffee in my own goddamn bedroom. I'm 35 years old. There's rules. Wow. Yeah. I mean... Hey, I'm not going to take sides here, but I You're think you know which side. side I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there was R.I.P. a second incident with my sheepskin rug where I also spilled coffee on it. And the Pat was like, no more coffee. You can't do coffee while you're doing your hair. It's too much. It's too much of a liability. Okay. I was like, fine. Yeah. All right. I'm on his side there. <laughs> R.I.P. You your, and him. Uh, yeah, the worst thing is that I come between the two of you having a perfect relationship. <laughs> We would be like the odd couple if both of us were or just two Felixes. Were Felix. <laughs> Your sitcom is just two Felixes. <laughs> two Felixes. And you're It'd just be called the couple. <laughs> you just complain, come home, complain about the same people. Yeah. <laughs> and keep everything spotless. Yeah. That would be so great. <laughs> um, yeah. How dare you get in the way of this? <laughs> uh, Clayton, what has you swooning this week? Oh, thank you for asking because I have just gotten back into a show I used to watch uh, because it bounced around a little bit and got new hosts, and I wasn't so sold on the new hosts until I started watching this season. Do you know what I'm talking British about? British Bake Off? No. Oh. Always have loved British Bake Off. Oh, right. I'm talking about Project Runway. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, the original hosts of it were, um, what's her face? Michael Kors and Heidi Klum. Well, well, that's the original, but like Heidi Klum was the one I used to watch and Tim Gunn. Yeah. Right. Those two were like, I, I used to watch the show and really love them. But then that show moved to Lifetime, I think. And now it's back on Bravo, but it's got different hosts. Who are the hosts now? 
Carly Kloss. Okay. And Christian Siriano, who, who was, was a, contestant. a contestant. I loved his season. He was the sweetest. Yeah. That was Whatever Happened to Andre. Do you remember that? No. See, uh, that I think I I started watching this with, a, with uh, an ex. And we would watch it every week. And it was so much fun because I'm not I have no interest in fashion, really. I have no ability to sew or do any of these things. But my favorite thing about this, I like reality shows where people have some sort of talent, right? Everybody is talented. Nobody really they might be unorthodox and the clothes might not be up to the standard standards of the certain judges, but they never suck and they're never really made fun of. There, there are characters who have personalities that they'll, you know, lean into and make them kind of look a little bit foolish. But it's always comes down to the ability of these people to get an idea for something off of whatever challenge it is and to make a piece of clothing in one, two days is amazing to me. The fact that anybody can cut fabric straight is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I could not do that. As a lefty, it's very hard to cut straight. Mm. But I just really am into that that whole, like, the sketching, then putting it together. And then the runway is always so fun because you get to judge it. You get to be like, oh, this is going to be the top look. This is going to be the bottom look. And then there, you're never usually right. Like, I never really line up with, like, the judges, but that's always really interesting. So I think the season's really fun. Christian Siriano, um, he doesn't have – He's a little bit more impish than Tim Gunn because Tim Gunn is this very, you know, uh, proper like stately, stately guy. Yeah. And you, like, really trust his opinions. But Christian's really uh, grown on me mm. over this season. And uh, Carly, I like. I mean, I think she's, like, a very fine, enjoyable presence on the show. But this uh, this season's on Bravo. And uh, I watch it on YouTube TV. So by the time this comes out, it'll probably be towards the end of it. So it'll be them at Fashion Week at some point. But if you've never watched this show and you even if you don't have really interest in fashion, I'd say it's just a fun show to watch. Mm-hmm. Do you still watch it or no, did you No, I stop? was really into it. Like in college, I think, like right after college. And then I think when it moved to Lifetime, I just sort of like didn't have Lifetime. I don't know. So then I just stopped watching and I never came back. But yeah, yeah, I loved it when the old, like the early seasons I thought were so good. Erin, what has you swooning this week? I'm swooning over a product. I feel like I never do. We never do products. No, because I think neither of us are big shoppers. And then when I do shop, I, you know, have a taste of the finer things. It's always very expensive. And then I'm like, well, I can't tell people to buy this thing. Is it some sort of goop product? It's a jade egg. No. I'm <laughs> oh, you're into the jade eggs. No, I'm joking. So there should be a jade egg romance. I'm so nervous about the jade egg because I'm like, it's so smooth. How do you get it out? Very carefully. <laughs> like, I think it just would get stuck. Yeah. And then I- there's no grip on it. There's no grip, yeah. No, I, I'm not swooning about jade eggs. Okay. That's terrifying. Don't put anything in your pussy. You don't need to. It's self-cleaning like an oven. I I'm swooning about... I learned so much. I learned so much on this podcast. <laughs> you don't need to douche. You get rid of a lot of like really good bacteria when you do. Don't tell me I don't need to douche. <laughs> you can douche as much as you want, but don't tell your girlfriend to douche. <laughs> Oh, the conversations we have <laughs> without our second Felix. So I'm sweating about the Revlon one-step hair dryer and volumizer hot air brush. Okay, here's the thing. Your hair does look very voluminous. Thank you. I used it this morning. But you have, I, I want to say, you have great hair. Thank you. Um, but also, here's the thing. Normally for my hair, when I come in with my hair done, if it's not like just up in a ponytail, that has taken me 45 minutes to do because you have to blow dry it. Then I curl it and I have an insane amount of hair. Yes. This took eight to 10 minutes. Well, like I got ready so early this morning. I just kind of like then just sat in my room for a little bit. Like I didn't know what to do. <laughs> it said staring at a wall. <laughs> I was just sort of like, oh, wow, this is great. So what it is, it's this like brush and hair dryer and same. So what you do is. Come out of the shower, towel dry your hair. You don't want it sopping wet, but if it's just damp and then you blow it out 
and you can do curls with it. You can do anything. It's like really hefty. It's really big. You have to go underneath the hair so that you don't get flyaways. Okay. But uh, it's amazing. And it had been all over like beauty Twitter and stuff. That's all people were talking about. And I was like, this thing, I had a hot brush before and it kind of sucked. And I was like, I don't want to try another hot brush. But this is like change your life amazing. And it was on sale for $26. So I'm like, you know what? I'll buy it for $26 because like who, like whatever. You gotta. Yeah. Because like if I want a professional blowout at like dry bar, that's $45. That's crazy. So it's like, uh, and if it sucks, it sucks, whatever. I would spend like 70 bucks on this thing. Like it is amazing. So we'll obviously have a link in show notes. I was going to say, yeah, definitely. We got a link to it. Yeah. Buy. I don't love buying things off of Amazon either. So that was a thing that I had. If you find it somewhere else, buy it that way. I didn't find it anywhere else. So yeah, it's amazing. It's changed your life. I travel a lot. So I only now need to bring that and not like a hair dryer. How big is it? Like, is it packable? It's like 12 inches long okay. and like has a pretty significant girth. But it's so packable though. Yeah, for sure. Packable, yeah. Yeah. You would end up bringing in there. You also like sell a carrying case, which I was like, that's dumb. And now I'm like, maybe I'll maybe, buy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'll put the link for that in there too. Yeah, just so Pat can see it. <laughs> it's $20. I love my hairbrush. Yeah, it is. And it, it's like the, it's like a good brush itself. It's okay. like a good round brush. And so it's basically normally what you have to do if you blow your hair with a round brush is like blow your hair out and then you have the hair dryer. It's too much. On the thing, yeah. Yeah. So this thing is amazing. If you have hair past like your chin, it's going to be great. I have super thick hair. It dries my entire head of hair in like under 10 minutes. That's great. So... Well, Aaron, where can they find us? So you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Learning Tropes, on Instagram at Learning the Tropes, and we have our Facebook group, the Learning the Tropes Troop. If you do buy the Revlon Hot Brush and you use it, post a picture to the troop. We want to see it. We want to see people's hair. Before so and after. Yeah. Oh, I love a before and after moment. Oh, it's my fave. Um, also don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. You guys do it. It's amazing. Um, thanks so much. It's how people find us. We really appreciate it. Um, next episode is already our March preview, which is crazy. This month, I mean, this year is flying by. Um, so hang out, see what our next books are. If you're in the troop, you already know what our books are. So you're ahead of the game. Um, now you have plenty of time to blow out your hair. I, well, you don't need any time. Oh, that's right. Eight minutes. If you're, I mean, that's just what it took me out. I was going to take other people, but it's like, yeah, I can't wait to really like, I've only had it for like a few days, but I can't wait to really like dig in, figure all the things I can do with it. It's going to take it out on the open road, really see what (laughs) what it's made of. I'm so excited. (laughs) I love beauty stuff the most. Okay. And finally learning the tropes is a part of the frolic podcast network find more podcasts you love at frolic.media backslash podcast all right everybody bye bye